0: Welcome back to Church Public. I appreciate you tuning in today. As always, I'm your host, Matt Odegaard. Today, we look at the culture's war on reality and biology and the consequences that come from that. For instance, we're going next year to Norway today to look at a Norwegian woman who faces three years in prison for saying men can't be women. Also, we're looking at Leah Thomas, formerly William Thomas, swimmer for uh, University of Pennsylvania, is now nominated for the NCAA Woman of the Year. Once again, proving the best women are apparently men. Just kidding. Apparently, but not really. This culture is crazy. Also, in Pennsylvania, the governor vetoes a bill that would ban men from women's sports, which of course isn't surprising because men are winning the women's sports. Say that five times fast. At any rate, this is Church Public. Let's get started. Alright, welcome back to Church Public. My name is Matt Odegaard, as always, and I'm your host. I really appreciate you joining me here today. We have a lot going on, and I just wanted to... Uh, ask that if you haven't already and you're interested in more of this content, go to churchpublic.com. You can get the videos there. If you're just listening on audio, I really appreciate you and I appreciate you tuning in. If you want more from me, you can subscribe at any of the podcast places, Apple and Spotify, Google, etc. And I appreciate that too. If you happen to like this and you want to hit the like button or the subscribe button or send it to a friend or give a review, all of that helps too. And I really appreciate it. Just trying to help you and your friends and anybody else who is interested understand how to deal with this world and look at current events from a Christian perspective, but not just for an end in itself. We want to do that so that we can understand how to live in this world, how to follow Jesus and be a Christian, which more and more is going to be difficult because this world is just plainly against us, and we're going to have to deal with that as we continue on. So, we uh, we have a couple things going on today, and I want to help you figure out how to navigate some of the just issues that are present day in our world. So we do turn to Norway as the first thing, and, and normally I don't go this way. I will say I might have a Norwegian last name. That's really all of the connection to Norway that I have. But whenever it comes up in the news, it just piques my interest a little bit. And when it comes up in the news and is connected to other things that we think about, talk about, try to figure out how we're going to enter into them from a Christian perspective, I, I'm, I'm interested. So this, this article talks about how a Norwegian woman faces prison over saying biologically true things. This comes out of a, uh, a web publication called Redux. Um, apparently, it's a new publication. And the reason I bring you this publication, because a couple other places reported it, a couple of Christian articles reported it, but the biggest report actually came through Redux, which is an outright feminist outlet. They say it, they believe it, they live it. I think they have like a tagline here. Let me see if I can find it for you. Uh, uh, No, I don't have it here. Anyway, it just says Redux Feminist News and Opinion. So that's nice. Anyway, I say that to state that this is not a right-leaning outlet. This is not a Christian outlet. This is an outlet that is pro-woman. But in this case, that's a good thing because we should be pro-woman and pro-man, and they're different. And I will make the assertion all the way back to Genesis again, which we've talked about over and over and over again, that man made male and female, male and female. He created them. You can go and read that. Genesis 1, Genesis 2, if you missed it for some reason. uh, That's a great place to start. There's many other places, Matthew 19, where Jesus talks about marriage as defined by a man a man and a woman, let no man separate what God has joined together, uh, but that's not the topic of today. I mean, it is, but you know what I mean. Today, we're looking at Norway and this Norwegian feminist who could be facing up to three years in prison for posting, here we go, tweets. <laughs> it's the tweets, man. The tweets just send you to the gulags. Uh, and, and again, the Gulag, if you don't know, is a Russian prison, so you don't want to go there, uh, as Brittany Briner found out. Anyway, this Norwegian, quote-unquote, or or, or self, uh, self-described feminist could be facing up to three years in prison for allegedly, quote-unquote, hateful tweets directed at a male who claims to be a lesbian woman. I just need to pause for one second and unpack this. So... <laughs> i just i'm sorry i'm I'm struggling uh this is weird, I'm struggling with words, okay, so in a family we're gonna go traditional definition of family this is this is where we're going here. I, I don't know what to say in family traditional definition of family you have a man who's the husband and a wife, so a man loves a wife, a wife uh loves a man, man loves woman, woman loves man, so in this new scenario, you have a man who identifies as a woman who is a lesbian, so the lesbian likes women. So again, we have to do this gender math because it gets very, very confusing. So in this scenario, a man identifying as a woman who is a lesbian who likes women means that a man likes women. I mean, I know, I I hate to even have to spell that out, but we've done a complete circle going all the way back around. The only difference, then, I guess, is that the man dresses and acts like a woman, but still likes women, but now just wants to be a woman, also liking women. This is where we are. Anyway, back to this story. In Norway, Christina Ellingsgen, a representative of feminist organization Women's Declaration International, WDI, is being investigated under hate crime charges by... Norway, for tweets she made between February 21 and January 22. The tweets in question were replies directed at Christine Marie Gentoff. And for those audio listeners and those video listeners, I didn't clip any pictures of these people. You can go and look it up if you want to. You will see exactly what you think you will see. I'll just put it that way. I, that, that's all I'm going to say about that. So the direct replies were at Christine Marie Gentoff, a representative of trans activist group Forengian. FRI. Gentoff is a male who identifies as a lesbian woman. Again, we just unpacked that for you, so you have to keep that in mind as we talk about this. Ellingson's charges are centered around her questioning why FRI, the organization, promoted the belief that men could be lesbians. While police are still investigating, this is from the article, if she is found guilty, she could face a prison sentence of up to three years. Three years in prison for writing a tweet that says a man can't be a woman. This is where we are, and I know this isn't America, but if you don't think that there are people who want to put these laws on the books in America, the same that they would in Norway, they have these laws in Canada, up to five years in prison for doing conversion therapy, we talked all about that, you can go and listen to the podcast, uh, Bill C4, I call it something about Bill C4 in Canada, because they have a bill, it is in force currently, I haven't heard anybody use it yet, but it is enforced that if you offer conversion therapy, which can include reading Bible passages that say a man is a man, a woman is a woman, to someone who is struggling with their identity, you can go to prison for five years right now on the books in Canada. This is the thing. So there are laws like this in Norway. Uh, Norway, according to this article, introduced gender identity into the hate crime paragraphs in January 2021. Again, a little more than a year ago. That's it. At the time, WDI, Norway, formerly WHRC, Norway warned, the introduction of the concept into law would result in persecution of women for stating biological facts. Correct. That's what we keep saying. Putting these things into law that say words are violence, words are acts of hate, you're going to go to jail for saying words. And I'm not talking about yelling fire in a crowded theater. I'm not talking about actually being hateful towards a person. I'm talking about saying biologically and realistically true things like men are not women. Jail. This is where we're going as a culture, as a society, and this is now worldwide in our crazy town. So, the, uh, the person who is under investigation says, quote, I am under police investigation for campaigning for women's rights because to certain groups, the fact that women and girls are female and that men cannot be women, girls or mothers or lesbians is considered hateful. Ellingson told this article and Redux. She goes on to say women are not protected against hate speech in Norway, but men who claim to be women and lesbians are protected both on the grounds of gender identity and the grounds of sexual orientation. Let that sink in again for a minute, like if you, if you miss that. So women who should be protected and have many laws that protect them from certain things are not protected against this hate speech law. But men who, yes, men should also have certain protections, but not more than women or not in opposition to women. Men who claim to be women are more protected than actual women. That's where this is going. That's where much of legislation is going, even in America, as we'll look at in just a moment uh, from a sideline perspective. And we're going to look at this because it's an important issue that we have to keep in mind and we have to figure out and listen to. So I know this is Norway and you're saying, I don't care about Norway. I'm not going to Norway. Actually, I have some friends who just went to Norway, but side issue. I know you're saying this isn't America. It doesn't affect America. No, it does, because this is cultural and this flies under the little literal banner of the pride flag or the pride progress flag or the uh, inclusion flag. There's so many variations now that who knows where we are at this point, but it flies under this flag because that flag is imperial. It's not national. Every country has a national flag that represents its country. This pride flag is international. It's imperial. It does seek to take over the world. That's why you see it flying literally all over the world, except for some places where there are still penalties for being in the club. Anyway, side issue. But it is imperial and it does seek to take over the world. That's the ideology behind it. It believes this is a worldwide human phenomenon that goes down to your very skin and bones or beyond that spirit, as we're going to talk about as we get to the verse of the day for today. Because it's very important to understand this is not a biological argument. It's not a reality based argument. It is a spiritual argument. Theological argument. That is really what we're talking about. And I've said it before, but I'm going to go into it in our Bible section. So if you haven't thrown your phone out the window and, and yelled at me yet, stick around to the end because I want to give you some Bible to understand what is really going on here, literally under the skin. Why is this happening now? And why does it make a difference? I want to help you understand that if you haven't already gotten to this conclusion. I I want to get you there because this is an important thing. It really is an important thing that that gets to the baseline of what is a human, what is a person, what is a male, what is a female. That is what we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes, but we've got to look at a couple of other articles first, and that is that Leah Thomas, the swimmer for University of Pennsylvania, formerly known as William Thomas, is nominated as the NCAA Woman of the Year. Yeah. So anyway, according to CNN, the University of Pennsylvania nominated swimmer swimmer Leah Thomas, who has become the face of the debate on transgender women in sports for the 2022 NCAA woman of the year award. This is where we are as a society. And this is what we're talking about now, because. Leah Thomas, formerly William Thomas, who was a fairly mediocre men's swimmer, has become basically the winningest women's swimmer, I think, of all time in in college swimming at this point, at least right up there. Uh, In March, Thomas, this is from the CNN article, in March, Thomas became the first transgender athlete to win an NCAA Division I title after finishing first in the women's 500-yard freestyle event and recording the fastest time of the NCAA season. Hear that again. Leah Thomas, formerly William Thomas, a biological male, won the NCAA 500 yard freestyle women's swimming championship with the fastest time of the NCAA season. Because, of course, men are exactly the same as women, or men can be women, and men who are women are the same as women. So there's obviously no competitive advantage for them. Right? Question mark? Anyway, moving on. With that victory, this is according to the article. She, Leah Thomas became the first transgender athlete to win a uh, DI title in any sport. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not super sportsy. Anyway, Leah first launched into the public eye with a stunning performance at the Zippy Invitational in Ohio in December when Leah set a NCAA season best time in the 200-yard, 500-yard freestyle races, and then Leah won the 100, 200, and 500-yard freestyle races in the Ivy League Women's Championship in February. Again, There's clearly no advantage to a man swimming in a women's race according to these times and according to these numbers. Thomas himself? Herself? Itself? I don't know what pronouns to use at this point because pronouns don't mean anything. Anyway, quote, I knew there would be scrutiny against me if I competed as a woman, Leah says. I was prepared for that. But I also don't need anybody's permission to be myself and to do the sport that I love. End quote. I'm going to talk more about this in a minute, so I'll continue on. Thomas said, there are lots of factors that go into a race, but the biggest difference now is that Leah is happy, adding that trans women are, quote, not a threat to women's sports, end quote. I mean, the numbers and the records would say otherwise, but what do I know about sports, right? Um, yeah, this is this is just where we are. This is where we are as a society, that uh, that biology doesn't matter, reality doesn't matter. I was going to quote Queen for a moment. Nothing really matters, does it? I mean, I guess that's where we are. You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want, but only on one side. If you go to the other side and say, well, what I would like to be in terms of choice is a person who chooses a traditional family, a person who chooses to believe in the Bible, a person who chooses to believe in God, a person who chooses life, not death in the case of abortion. Even though there may be pro-choice groups, Apparently, it's not really pro-choice. You have a choice as long as your choice is to choose what they tell you to choose, which in some instances might not actually sound like a choice. Let's continue on in Pennsylvania for one more story before we get to Bible. Governor of Pennsylvania vetoes Bill to ban men from women's sports. Imagine my surprise. In other Pennsylvania news, Governor Wolf vetoes the bill that would have kept men out of women's sports. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf has vetoed a bill that, if enacted, would have banned boys who identify as female from competing in scholastic sports designed for girls. Wolf vetoed House House Bill 972 last week, saying in a statement he believed the proposed legislation was, quote, discriminatory, unnecessary, and incredibly harmful, end quote. He did continue on to say, I've been crystal clear during my time in office that hate has no place in Pennsylvania, especially discrimination against already marginalized youth. Pause. Like women? Continue on. Representing, oh, so he's talking about uh, discrimination against already marginalized youth representing less than half of 1% of Pennsylvania's population, stated Wolf. So in other words, women who are, I mean, statistically, what, 50% of the population? shouldn't get any favorable treatment, but that half of 1% of Pennsylvania's population should have all the laws structured to favor them. That's my translation anyway. You can tell me what you think. Continuing on the quote, the fact that this bill passed through Pennsylvania's Republican-led General Assembly solely to bully and oppress vulnerable children is atrocious. Sorry, I may have added some voices in there at the end, but that's kind of what I was feeling in this quote. It is atrocious that the Republican House would side with 50% of the population over that 0.5% of the population that isn't exactly living in reality. Anyway, just as a reminder, in the previous story, Leah, formerly William Thomas, swimmer for University of Pennsylvania, set NCAA season best times in the 200-yard, 500-yard, and won the 100-yard, 200-yard, and 500-yard freestyle races in the Ivy League Women's Championship in February. Sometimes Thomas would win by 14 seconds over women who were clearly exactly the same as he. Uh, Sometimes he would win by less. Sometimes he would actually win by more. But obviously, this has nothing to do with any biological differences because men can be women and men are exactly the same as women, even though men seem to make the best women, which is kind of a curious thing to think about. But let's not think about that. Let's move on to the PA governor who has vetoed this bill that would have stopped men from competing with women. And while that is unfortunate, I would say, last month, many other states, uh, last month, Louisiana added to the many other states who have banned this. So for instance, Louisiana became the 18th state to pass a law like this that does ban men from women's sports. Other states are Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Mississippi, Montana, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and West Virginia. That's a big list and a growing list. In fact, we're almost at half of the states which have banned men from women's sports. So that leads me to a statement that I don't have an article on, but it's just something I've been thinking about. Here's a question, and I think this is actually the bigger issue, and I think it's going to be a bigger issue as we go forward. What is going to happen with interstate competition? What happens when one state allows men to be on the women's team and another does not? What do we do? How do you reconcile that? It is not difficult to imagine a team in one state that wins solely because they have this male cadre of athletes that literally carry the team, even though they're exactly the same. On the women's team, say you have two, three, four men that literally carry the team and get the best times and get the best scores and, and just do the best on their sports team. Well, in another t- another state, there are only females on the team and they do great and they win lots of matches and it's wonderful. Can those two teams compete together? And then what if one state says you can do this and the other state says you cannot compete when you do this? So what do you do when the women's only team goes and plays the men's and women's team they just get crushed and dominated in the state where they're allowed to play. What about the opposite case? What about when the team with some men and some women go to the state where only women can play in the competition? Do they say only the actual women can play and then that team gets crushed? And are states going to allow this? Are universities going to allow this? Are competitions going to allow this? Like, obviously not. This is a whole ball of wax that just is going to be an absolute mess. And it's going to be an absolute mess because these states are now putting into legislation that you can either have only women on the team or you can have men and women on the team. And those teams are at the same level. They're in the same sport. They're in the same competitions. Presumably, what happens when they meet each other on, on the field of battle? What, what happens? Like, are they even allowed to do this? Or do you have only state championships and there is no more interstate championship? There can be no more American champion, it can only be a state champion, because you can't actually compete with other states. Or are there now just weird regional states that have the men's and women's region and the only women's region and the only men's region or something. I mean, it's, this is a, this is a really big thing. And, and see, this, this is the thing where people say, well, it's just sports. Nobody cares about sports and nobody cares about this. It's just a small issue. No, this is a huge issue and it's going to become a bigger issue because it's not going to stay a small issue for long if states cannot agree on basic and real definitions of reality. Like, there is just no way that we can continue on this if we, if we just really have an issue like this that continues on and on and on and that leads to our verse of the day. So if you've made it this far, congratulations and I really appreciate you. And hopefully this has made sense so far, but I want to I want to get a little deeper into our into our spirit and into our inside because I think that's where this issue really lives. My verse of the day that I chose is Galatians 2:20, which is one of my favorites and you may have heard before. Galatians is in the New Testament. I mean, if you Have a paper Bible and you're looking at it. It's a little bit past the middle, um, and you can grab it there. I'm going to read it off the screen because I have a couple other verses to go through. But Galatians was written by Paul uh, to the church in Galatia, and he says some great things in it. You should definitely read the whole book. But for now, we're looking at Galatians 2:20, where Paul says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in this flesh." I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Why did I choose this verse for the verse of the day when we're talking about this topic? There is an absolute reason, and it's, something, it's a theological reason that we have to understand, because you have to understand that this trans-assertion is a theological issue. It is a spiritual issue. The assertion that the trans-community makes is, you are a spiritual creature trapped in a body of flesh sometimes that flesh is the wrong flesh. So your spirit doesn't match your body. So you have to transition from one gender to another, bringing into congruency your spirit and your flesh. Interestingly, this is actually at odds with the former assertion of the LG community, the lesbian gay community, who has said, no, you are who you are. You're born this way. The trans community actually says you're born the wrong way and your spirit doesn't match who you're born into. And The trans community is actually half right. Your spirit does not inherently match your body because you're made in God's image, but your heart is broken. Your spirit is defiled by sin and it doesn't match the heavenly body that you will one day receive in Jesus. To change your spirit then in God's kingdom, you must die to yourself and become like Christ. Jesus, Paul, Peter, John, they use this language all the time. You have to die to yourself. You have to become like Christ. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life that I now live in my flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's Jesus who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's Galatians 2.20. In Christ, you are actually transformed from the inside out by the Spirit of God. This is a spiritual and theological issue. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17, another letter written by Paul, this time to the Corinthians church, saying essentially the same thing, that you are made new from the inside through Christ Jesus and the power of the Spirit and you become a new creation. And then your spirit and your body are brought into the congruence that they're supposed to be in from the beginning, but sin breaks us of. If the trans assertion is actually correct, what you need is a new spirit, but their conclusion is incredibly wrong. The trans conclusion is to change your outside to match your inside. You have to do that from the outside in through surgery, hormones, sterilization into what you think or believe you should be. This is damaging, wrong, evil, it, it 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 creates consequences and destruction to these poor youth that are going through this. I just played you last week. If you missed it, go and listen to last week's about this poor girl who was in, encouraged to transition and now it may not be able to ever have kids. Won't be able to nurture her children in the way that she should because of these procedures that were done because they convinced her that her inside didn't match her outside, and to change that, to fix it, you change your outside. The spiritual conclusion says, what's really broken is inside. You can't change your outside, and you can't change your inside yourself. You can't. Only in the power of God through Christ the Son, Christ Jesus, can you be made new and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. 1 Corinthians 6.11. Again, from Paul to the Corinthians. We were like this in our sin. We are not congruent from our heart to our flesh, but God, through his love, through his providence, through the Holy Spirit and through His Son Jesus, wants to change you to re to to really make you whole again. This is the cry of the trans uh, the trans assertion. They want to be made whole. They don't feel connected from their spirit to their body, and that's actually correct. We don't feel connected from our spirit to our body in ourselves in our natural state. That is the disconnection of sin and the disconnection of God. Their conclusion is change your body, do surgery to your body, take all these hormones, take all these new drugs that haven't been tested, especially not tested on kids, and that will make you whole. And as we see, and we're going to see more and more and more as time goes on, it is not working, it does not work, and really it cannot work because we are broken, but we're broken from the inside and need to be changed from the inside. And the only one able to do that is Jesus. I pray that you find Jesus today and that you make him the Lord of your life because he is the way. For Church Public, I'm Matt Odegaard. Keep the faith.